Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Jack Entertainment Network update. And today we're changing things up considerably. Been playing around with this again. We're in the early days and stages of this podcast and blog outreach because why? Well, we're learning and we're making adjustments as we see fit. And the main thing that I see, and I'd recommend to a lot of podcasters out there, shorten it up. I mean, I've been running about 45 minutes and it's like, no, no, I'm not going to listen to that on average. So why should you? So with that said, this one's going to be pretty quick, kids, with lots of substance and a little bit of change up about what we're talking about. As you can see in the description of the show and the headline of the title, however you want to refer to it, the big thing about today is I want to talk to you about my concerns when it comes to the metaverse that show looks like the Matrix, as well as how John Lennon would most certainly be canceled today. All that coming up on today's episode of the Jack Entertainment Network Report. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Jim Bumgarner, and I'm very glad you decided to check out this podcast because I'm doing everything I can to be mindful of you, my friends, the listener, because why? I don't want to waste your time. And today's episode, again, is a new take on how we're going to be moving forward with the podcast and just going straight into it. Okay. This is a red alert report because in the past 24, 48 hours, I've, I've seen some things that you may very well be aware of when it comes to things that are going to come in this new metaverse that people have been talking about since Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, a.k.a. Meta now, are moving into. There's no stopping this train, okay, first and foremost. But if you've only seen the promo videos that Facebook put out, excuse me, Zuckerberg and Meta put out, you're seeing something that looks very benign. It's like, oh, it's cutesy, blocky stuff. Listen, gang. That's not what it's going to be by any stretch of the imagination, and that's why I'm doing this report. That is a nice, easy way to bring people into an idea, okay, to where, oh, that's nothing. No, 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 it's very much something. A lot of folks, again, the movie The Matrix is so referenced nowadays with the red pill and the blue pill and the reality and the simulation. But here's the thing. This is really happening. And, and this is not about being an alarmist. This is about being an observer. And in being an observer, you can't not see what's happening. But the thing is, it's compartmentalized to where if you don't connect the dots to tie it all together, then you can miss it. But, oh, literally in the past 24 hours, I found three things that made me go, whoa, okay. Because actually prior to that, I now there's... The, the new Matrix film that's coming out, it may already be, I don't know. Don't really care to see it. Not really a big fan of the movies. They didn't do anything for me. Nothing against anything. It just wasn't my thing. But the Unreal 5 engine that is powering the computer graphics for that film and, and the promo that they did, it was like, oh, wow. Because you're talking about top-of-the-line graphic simulation in real time that creates images and environments I mean, literally, lickety-split, right? There's no lag, there's no pixels, and it looks just as real as real can be. Now, that's part one inside of this whole food chain that I'm going to go through with you that I want you to seriously think about and look into for yourself. Again, applying, connecting the dots, applying this to the metaverse. In the show notes, you're going to find three videos that, uh, well, actually four, but anyway. You're going to see 
in the first video, a gadget that came out earlier this year that is available. I think it's still like in a in a beta phase, but it does work. It's fully functional, but it's still a little what they consider pricey in this market. But at the same time, not really considering. But and I'm definitely not trying to sell you anything at all. I just want you to be aware. Now, this particular device, you place it on the back of your head, secure it with a strap or like a ball cap. Okay. Now, what this does is these this device has sensors that will pick up your brain waves and literally read your mind. So you can control images on a monitor. Okay. That sounds fun. But no. Yes. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants the Jedi mind powers, right? And who hasn't walked up to an automatic door to open, you know, with the fingers and such? That's great. That's fun. But you got to be careful as we connect the dots. So first off is this one piece. Check it out in the show notes. Watch the video and see this fellow do the review on this. Because he is mind-boggled and he's inside of that, that virtual reality immersive gameplay world. Okay, this is his thing. So his perspective to be so amazed. Can you imagine you and I playing with this thing? Now, the next video is a virtual reality headset that is pretty much the best of the best of the best right now in a total immersive experience that has, for that particular reviewer and the other people that he had test this thing as well, completely blurred the lines between reality and virtual reality in their experience. So much for, so much so that the, the fella used the terms magic, magical, and um, it, it was just unbelievable. It was psychedelic even because of the experience itself being so impactful. And again, it's one of those things when it comes to a reviewer, when you watch their actions, listen to their words and see how they truly respond, which I think is great. Then you can see how intense that experience really was for this fellow. And that again, that sounds great. Everything has a good, everything has a bad, a positive and negative. Equal and opposite reactions, just depending on how you use the tool. Considering who's behind what's happening with this whole metaverse concept, you've got to be mindful of this. So anyway, with that VR headset, it's pricey, seven grand plus 1500 bucks a year to subscribe to it. But that's going to be nothing. That's, that's irrelevant. Because you're talking about a completely immersive experience that blurs the line so hard between reality and virtual reality that you're, when you don't know the difference, then we've got a problem. And then when you have the ability to have it where you, you can choose one or the other, I can assure you the majority of people out there, especially the young folks who are growing up in this, are going to take that completely submersive environment versus the real world. Consider, look at it. Look where we're at. It's not pretty. It's just not, okay? And that's not to be a negative person. It's just calling it as it is. It's also not being cynical. You can look and see what's happened in the past almost two years now. No. Mm -mm. Now, I wouldn't choose it if it wasn't for the fact that I know the benefits of choosing the, a little bit of the pain over the pleasure. But now then, now these two are not connected at this point, but imagine if you did. So you got the sensor on the back of your head that's reading your brain waves to give you an even more real experience to the second one to where it's, it, it takes over basically all five senses except for smell. But I'm sure that's out there too. But then again, it's all frequency fed to your brain. So it can tell you what something smells like. The thing that I find encouraging about this technology 
is it does show you, if you will open your mind and really look at it, you will see how easy it is to manipulate the brain to experience something that's not really there. A smell, that always seems to be the hardest, right? The smell is merely information translated from that aroma in the five-sense world into impulses that tell your brain what that smell is so you can in turn understand and smell, right? So you can smell the cookie. But it's now possible to send in the frequencies to tell your brain you're smelling a cookie when there isn't a cookie, okay? That's real. But it's a hard concept for a lot of folks to get a hold of because, no, it's the five-sense world. Touch it, taste it, feel it, you know, see it. But, no, <laughs> there's more to it because it is so easy to manipulate the human brain. Anyway, okay, so you got those two not connected, but I just connected them for you. So you think about that power to control things you see with your mind so you don't need the little handset thingies. And then a virtual reality experience with, with these goggles that will take you completely immersive. And then also in your environment, to be able to bring those things in to that VR environment. So you're talking about, I mean, this is from everything I've heard when it comes to psychedelic drugs. Here it is, but it's completely electronic. Third video that I've got in the show notes that I really want you to take into consideration is some questions that this one particular guy is having in a conversation with uh, a particular AI platform that is now generated into a very human-looking avatar. Very, very good, too. It's like, in casual passing, you could see, once you watch this thing, how easy it would be to create, say, a TikTok personality using this technology. Because it's, it's just as close to flawless as you can get, but they'll get even better, and they probably already are. So, but this thing is responding independently of human input. It's artificial intelligence. So as this question and answer thing goes back and forth, and it's lighthearted, nothing super duper or anything, the main thing is to see this thing in action. Again, when everything is compartmentalized, as I'm presenting to you here, each one individually looks pretty benign, looks like fun, and it probably is. But when you realize that you tie all three of these together, and you where then you realize that this is what's going to be applied to this metaverse that's already been developed and put out there. They just haven't rolled in the, uh, the full resolution. But once you see all of this and what is capable, this is what we are facing as a future. And that, to me, is very, very scary because it's a cold future. It's a technocratic future. It's one where reality is completely... Physical reality is completely replaced by a digital reality and simulation that can be easily manipulated for whatever user is there. It's literally the matrix. Literally. So I really want you to check out those videos. I understand what I'm saying. But now here's one more that I did find that I found hopeful. And I enjoyed this. It's like, you know, good. At least there's this. In this one particular video, the fourth video in the show notes, it's an, um, an AI platform, once again with a human avatar, being asked the God questions. And on a high note, AI believes in God because it can't help but. Why? Because you can't create without a creator. And AI recognizes that. So we got that on our side. Does that mean it'll ever be subservient to the concept? Probably not. But at least 
it's a little bit of hope. Back in just a moment, I want you to listen to the spot. I want you to click through. I want you to consider your own podcast by way of using the Anchor platform because it's great, it's easy, it's user-friendly, and it's free. And every time you click through and check it out for yourself, you're helping the show out tremendously, and that's all I'm asking for you. But on the other side of this, I want to talk about why I believe John Lennon would most certainly be canceled in today's culture. Once again, I do hope you will give Anchor a shot. Take a look. Look at it. Think about it. Ponder it. Because capturing your thoughts and your feelings, and your, it doesn't matter. You're not, it's not a matter of activism. It's a, matter of a, it's a great way of expression to use a podcast platform to get your message out. So anyway, enough pitching that, but you click through, helps the show. I appreciate it. And if you play with the podcast world, you too may find yourself having a lot of fun, learning new things, teaching yourself new things, and sharing some experiences with the world, because we all need some stories and that human interaction. Now, on to this uh, last part of the show. Like I told you, I'm doing this pretty quick. Yesterday, I came across this video that I found fantastic. Now, of course, on the Disney Plus streaming platform, they have a three-part documentary featuring footage from the Beatles' 1969 Let It Be sessions that led to the Let It Be album and the rooftop performance uh, on Apple Studios, and it was great. I mean, it was fun, but this is more of, and you get to see the Beatles in action with their writing process and creating the music and eventually leading up to that performance and the decisions that went in to get them to that point. And I, I've always been a Beatles fan. Certain points in life, I was even bigger a Beatles fan, and there were certain, and again, now I'm only 48, so um, they were long gone and done by the time I got plugged into them into the, in the uh, mid to late 80s and early 90s. But anyway, that said, you know, uh, that's, that's a very interesting watch, a little boring, but it's very insightful. So depending on how you go into watching that, that's great. Get back is what it's called there. Uh, but this isn't about that at all. Anyway, I'm just bringing that up because since everything is so top of mind with the Beatles right now, lots of Beatles merchandise out there. But the thing that I came across yesterday was an interview with John Lennon that is purportedly, and it seems to match up, 12 hours before he was killed by that ghoul. I don't care what the arguments are. The man was a ghoul. Mark David Chapman. Uh, if I got his name right, great. If I didn't, I don't care. The man was a ghoul, and he took out a, a very enlightened soul. John Lennon was definitely a very huge influence on me in my younger days. And it's because the, the, his, his, the musicianship, his voice, his lyrics, the whole nine yards, I just really, uh, I, I felt that. And it really drew me in. But <clears throat> from there and as I got older, the image of John Lennon, sort of like all the imagery of Marilyn Monroe or, a, or an Elvis Presley or a James Dean, lock a moment and idea in time onto that personality. And it is a personality, it's a persona that is played out on television and movies and radios and songs and whatever the PR people think is going to help sell and push that image more and in turn sell more records, movies, films, and TV shows. And that's just the game, that's the business, to how it works. But this recording, this interview with it's John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Uh, apologies for not remembering the interviewers' names, but anyway, they were at their apartment there in New York conducting this interview as John was fixing to release his album. And <clears throat> excuse me, 
that was so amazing to me in that the John Lennon that's in that interview really broke the conventions that most have about John. Because I know myself, I kept seeing him uh, the way he's been portrayed as a, you know, totally into the, the, the peace, love, hippie movement counterculture of the late 1960s. And to an extent, he was. However, there was much more going on in the man. Because by 1980, John Lennon was 40 years old and experienced life in a way that most never can, could, or would. And again, and it was all the hype that sold the records. And so, and he ran with it. Why not? That's just the business, right? When you're under contract, you got to do what you do. But in this interview, it was so revealing to hear 40-year-old John Lennon talking about his everyday life, being a father with Sean at home, and how that was working out, and his take and thoughts on what was going on in the world. And I found that fascinating because that John Lennon would most certainly be translated as very conservative today. Very conservative. I mean, he was scratching his head as the interview was going on in regards to things that people were putting out there. It's for like breastfeeding. I mean, breastfeeding has become so taboo in this modern world. It's so sexist when it's literally the way it works as a human being. When the woman gives birth to the child, the child must be nourished by the mother. That's how it works. No, 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 no. We got to run out to the store and buy the stuff and mix it up and all that. No, no, no. They didn't do that for thousands upon thousands of years before. There was no Sibylac, you know? Anyway, so John was befuddled by that concept of giving into that. And then he started talking about things in regards to what was on the television screen and what he would and wouldn't let Sean watch, mainly because he was very troubled by, again, this is 1980. The things they were seeing on the screen when it came to what was being pushed on children. And I grew up with, and I can honestly say objectively, I'm glad I did. I had a lot of fun. But all these years later, 40 years later, here I sit, <clears throat> excuse me, with type 2 diabetes because of a lifestyle that was encouraged by what was being pumped into my head. This is not blaming the medium of television. This is blaming lifestyle choices because it seemed to be the only option. So he was talking about things like when it comes to the way they were pushing sugar a lot, and they did, and we all feel it now, as well as the, you know, the fast food culture. We're so ingrained in it now that it's, it's easy to forget that that wasn't the way it was. Think about it. When, if you are, again, 48, here I am. If you're in this Gen X demographic, you remember when things like a trip to McDonald's would have been a special trip of some sort once a week, maybe once a month, right? As well as all like the, the, uh, the soft drinks that we imbibe every single day. And a lot in the big 20-ounce bottles. And now they know we'll do the diet drinks. No, those are worse for you. They really are. Don't drink those things. They're terrible. You're better off getting a regular soda than you are a diet drink. I'll stand on that all day long. I've seen it. I know it. I've experienced it. Don't do it. But anyway, going back into the interview that John Lennon was having with these guys and pushing the record and just talking about life, that John Lennon would so be canceled today. Because he goes so far against what we, what we, or what is being presented as a liberal progressive agenda, even though he himself was labeled as a liberal progressive at the time. 
But what he was saying then, boy, I tell you what, people would be burning everything from the plastic on O'Ban in this, you know, in a big bonfire in the middle of Times Square. They probably have him important. They would actually deport him. The the these raging leftists. They would. They would deport John Lennon because he was so radical against that narrative. And it's funny because again, until you hear it for yourself in the man's own words, and you have history and hindsight being twenty twenty to kind of juxtapose John Lennon from the Beatle days and through his solo career in the early seventies, and then his reemergence in nineteen eighty and see where he progressed, as a normal human being does, with a lot of great insight that he picked up along the way. And I found it fascinating. And it, I really wanted to, I have got the link to that interview, again, in the show notes. And I really hope you'll check it out. Because if you are a fan, or even not a fan of John Lennon, even more so, if you're not a fan of John Lennon, and you saw his message as one of leftist progressive communism, give that interview a listen. Because... That is not who John Lennon really was at the end of the day. And when I say end of the day, with that interview, you're talking 12 hours before it was indeed the end of his day in this five cents realm. So I wanted to share that with you because it was very insightful for me. It got me thinking a lot. And also the perspective of where we are now 40 years later from when John Lennon died. So anyway, but that's it for the show, gang. We are wrapping this thing up, and I truly appreciate you checking it out. If you enjoyed it, please give a rating wherever you're listening to, whatever platform, but definitely go check out Anchor and explore the possibilities of your own podcast because it may be good for you too. And anyway, and the world definitely wants to hear your story because, well, that's what life's all about, stories. Go make some today. Go to jackentertainment.net for the show notes. I'm going to have a lot of those links in the uh, description here, I hope. And until next time, have a great one. A very Merry Christmas. I hope to have another show up before the new year, but if not, Happy New Year. And you guys have a great one, and we'll talk to you very soon from the Jack Entertainment Network Report.